0: Welcome everybody to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. Good morning. Wrote this sermon December fifth at my second office at SUNY Ulster. And uh, and would shared it with Christine and on one of our conversations when she was in the hospital, not knowing uh, what was going to happen on December 16th, and but I remember talking to her and t- telling her what the sermon was all about, because she would always want to, want to know, and, and I said, well, we don't know how long you're going to be in the hospital and all that kind of stuff, so, you know, uh, you know was pushing all my sermons aside, and she goes, oh, no, you're preaching this one, so I'm preaching this one. It's, it's the reason why I'm standing up here today, being obedient to uh, to the Lord and obedient to my to my lovely bride. So, and New Year is uh, is is I like preaching New Year's service, Eve ish, whatever this is. You know, they they should always have it on the weekend because it throws everybody off. But uh, you know, can you schedule New Year's? I don't know. You know, it doesn't work that way. So, but I like I like preaching end of the year. I think New Year's gives us a, a time to to pause. It gives us a time to think about and strategize and plan and and the time to reflect. And even if that reflection is is, is painful. And so, you know, thinking about this particular sermon today that probably will bleed into next week a little bit because. I'm not sure how much I'll get through today. I want to share two of the most powerful, devastating words in the human dictionary. These words are really, when they're placed together, can be devastating to our dreams, our thoughts, our our opinions, the way we walk through life. These, These two little words, when they're put together... Can be really poison to our souls. And I believe that God wants us to look at these two little words in a far different way for the new year. And those two little words are I can't. I can't. Powerful little words. And when a phrase like this is on our lips and our minds and our spirits, they absolutely can freeze us in our tracks. Derail dreams, hopes, desires. Absolutely powerful, devastating, two little words put together and, and they can take a human being's heart and, and just toss it in the trash. It's very hard to recover from I can't. This phrase destroys hope, responsibility, motivation. And these these words reveal our weaknesses in ways we hope they weren't discovered. They make us vulnerable. They expose things. And even now, I would believe that in your mind, you're going over things and times and opportunities that you said I can't I just can't so do you think that it's possible to redeem those words this morning the short answer answer is yes it is possible to redeem those words It is even possible to redeem your weaknesses this morning. It is possible. That's the short answer, but the long answer is going to take a little while, but we should pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that you give us to be in your presence. I am asking for your presence. To be real, tangible, in every way possible this morning. Because it's your heart that we need to hear. It's your words that we need to hear. So through this vessel that is extremely wounded this morning, I need you more than ever. Because I don't want it tainted by my grief. We want your words. We need your words. We need you to redeem these words of I can't and our weaknesses. And only you can do that. So we pray, Father, for your Holy Spirit to come and fill our hearts and our minds and our spirits and every and part of who we are to get us ready to hear what you have to say. Do this work in us today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we redeem these words? They need to be redeemed. <laughs> they desperately need to be redeemed for us. Paul uh, uh, addresses this in this this verse that we quote all the time. That gets used for motivational posters, graduation cards, just you know, it's on cups and mugs and t-shirts and everything. Philippians 4.13, I could do all things in Christ Jesus who... Strengthens me. Since Jesus spoke Aramaic. I want you to hear these words in Aramaic. Or the English translation because I can't speak Aramaic. But I mean. Listen to this. Because I master all things by the Messiah who empowers me. Because I master all things by the Messiah who empowers me. That says it just a little bit different. It sounds like there's more humility there. Now I know what Paul is saying here and we're gonna, we're gonna take this part about it because it, alone that scripture is very powerful but I don't think it means what you think it means this morning. Out of context. And I want to explore that this morning as we challenge that this phrase of I can't. Now that phrase can do in the Greek means to be strong in your body or strong in your resources. Not only having power, but able to use the power like an army. That's what that word means. I can do. So it's like I can I can muster up the strength and the resources of an army to do what christ wants me to do see prior to this what does paul say he says this i'm going to go above one more Let's go with verse 11 not that i am speaking of being in need for i have learned in whatever situation i am to be i am to be content because i know how to be brought low i know how to abound And in every, in in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, because now I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Paul says that I can endure all those things I had just mentioned. Those are the things I can do in Christ Jesus. That's what Christ gives me the strength to do, is to face any circumstance that I happen to be in, The good ones, he says, I know what it means to be hungry. I know what it means to be well fed. I know to to have everything that I could possibly need, and I know to have nothing. He's writing this from prison. He knows. And he's saying, "I I can endure this suffering. The thing that Christ has purposed for me to walk through, I know I can do it because he's there strengthening me. I can do. I can muster up the resources and, and everything that an army has in order to, to, to endure. I, I can muster that up because Christ is in me giving me that power. And the secret is, I've learned to be content in it. The Greek word there for content does mean to be satisfied and independent. But that's not what Paul is. He's elevating that word to saying, you know, I, I'm at rest in this. I have peace with this that's not even my own strength the peace comes from from who i know who i belong to so i can be content when i have a lot i can be at rest with that and i can be at rest when i don't have anything i can have i could be at rest if i'm free to walk around and, and in this case he and he was not free to walk around he was in chains to a centurion in prison he learned how to be at rest Whatever circumstances, because he knew he could do all things now. See that? See how that changes this, this scripture that just kind of, I think it kind of gets watered down when we put it on a mug or on a t-shirt. t-shirt. Paul learned to be content no matter what his circumstances were. Basically what Paul is saying that a, this can-do attitude is seeing life from God's perspective. And no longer our own. No matter what the circumstances are. No matter how difficult it is. No matter how hurt you are. How broken you are. How despairing you are. How without hope you might actually be at that particular moment in that particular day. He says, you can do all things in Christ through the Messiah who helps you master these things. It's beautiful. Powerful. Oh man, this is just wonderful... Passage of what Paul is talking about here. And that's what I need for the year ahead. And what you need for the year ahead. Paul knows that he has learned this. He has learned this. He has learned this. How has he learned this? By going through it. By experiencing it. By having stuff happen to him. He says, I've learned. That I can push ahead. That I can share the gospel. Even though I'm chained for a centurion. Because I can do all things. Christ. Who helps me master the situation. Because I have all the resources that I need. Question. And this is a rhetorical question. I don't... So when Paul says you can do all things. Does he literally mean all things? Can you go outside this building right now and jump over this building? There are times, you know, I'm in the parking lot and someone parks too close to my car and it makes it very difficult to get in my car. So I want to pick that car up and move it somewhere that's inconvenient for them. Your pastor's being very transparent right now. But I can't pick up the car. So I can't do all things. Springtime comes and I love springtime because baseball is coming. And I can go down to spring training this year and I can put on a uniform, but there ain't no way I'm playing center field for the New York Mets this year. Would awesome. It would be awesome. <laughs> be kind of funny, but I mean, it would, it would, I, I can't do it. I can't be the center fielder of New York. Wait a minute, the scripture says I can do all things. That means all things, right? It is not my purpose to play center field for the New York Mets. If it was, I could have the strength and everything I needed to play for the New York Mets. But it was not my purpose. I'll have a talk with God about that someday. But, <laughs> but it's, it's not my purpose. It wasn't my purpose to do that. We have to look at the scripture for what it really means. Otherwise, it loses something for us when we really desperately need to rely on it. I hope you've seen that. I hope you've seen that. I can't do all things. I am so limited by my humanness, by my weakness, and by my unwillingness sometimes to do what God has asked me to do. That He would give me the strength for but I'm unwilling because I'm hurt. Sad. Let's fill in the blank. I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about anybody in the room. I'm just talking about me. Simply put, through Jesus, in Jesus, with Jesus, you can do everything that God wants you to do this coming year. You can face anything He wants you to face. You can fight every battle that He wants you to fight. You can obey every command. You can endure every trial. And you can come overcome every temptation through Jesus Christ. Because all these things line up with His Word. With His purpose. We lack no good thing. Even though I feel like I've lost everything. I lack no good thing. That's the truth. I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Whatever Christ has for you to do, whatever he has for me to do, he will supply the power and we can rest, be content in it because he will supply the strength to go through it. So we can redeem these words, I can't. We can think about them in a different way. We can take our thoughts captive. I came up, I like coming up with acronyms. So I want us to start thinking differently because I need to. And I think you need to too, because I think there are multiple times in our life where we wanted to do something really badly. We said, I can't. There's times we wanted to trust God. I can't. So I want us to kind of change this to I cancel all negative thoughts. I cancel all negative thoughts. Because that takes this word. I can't. Now I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. See, I, I need to cancel these negative thoughts. We know how powerful our thoughts are. They control our words, they control our actions, they control our feelings, they control our emotions, they control our decisions. It's why Christ wants us to take every thought captive, because that's where decisions are made. When disappointment crushes our dreams, when people hurt or angry us, when problems seem overwhelming, it's it's easy to get caught in this vortex of negative thoughts. and, And negative thoughts lie to us about who God is and about who we are in relationship to God. That's why we need to cancel I cancel all negative thoughts. Since Christine's passing, which is, will be two weeks tomorrow, I feel like I have spiritual and emotional vertigo. Uh, my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts can spin out of control in at in a, in a moment. And I'm really surprised how calm I am at the moment, but that's how, that's how weird it is. When I do spin out of control, I mean, it's natural and it's part of the process and there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm not saying I'm not condemning negative thoughts. I'm just saying we can't live with them because they lie to us. Okay. We can't help but have them. I'm not, I'm not believe me, I've had a lot. I'll tell you about some of them in just a minute. We have to cancel these things with the truth of who God is. What His Word says. About who He is. Although that's extremely difficult to do. Even for someone who's like me who's walked with Him for over 50 years. I'm being very vulnerable with you now. Because it's necessary. The process of grieving gets a little bit complicated. And this is why this particular passage, what Paul is talking about here, is really is comforting and is confronting. I need my negative thoughts confronted by the truth of who God is. And I need to be comforted by the, the truth of who God is. I may not feel that comfort. Emotionally. But God's comfort is a lot deeper than that. A lot more. It's that army resource that I'm talking about. That is His comfort is powerful, like an army, and it evades the negative thoughts and eradicates them from us. That's what truth does, canceling our negative thoughts. I think begin with knowing who we're connected to. John, 14, John, fifteen. Verses four to five says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do not a not a thing. Nothing. The Greek means nothing. It just means nothing. And I'm glad that that's true. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Messiah that helps me master the circumstances that I am in. Although I don't enjoy those circumstances. And I wish they weren't here. We are not defined this is really important. Listen to this. We are not defined by our weaknesses. But we do need to define them. Our weaknesses, they don't, they're not supposed to define who we are in Christ. But we need to define them. We need to identify them. We need to drag them out to the, into the light. Screaming and kicking if it has to be. But we have to, to admit our weaknesses. And I'm going to do that. Because it's necessary. I don't mean to drag you through some emotional backwash here, but it's important to to this word. Weakness reminds me that every aspect of my life depends on God. And I need to be connected to Him more than ever. Paul said it this way. Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verses nine to ten. He says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness. Take this as a boast of mine, if you will. So that the power of Christ might rest. This Greek word means to take possession of, build a tent, and live there. That's the kind of rest that God wants to have on us. He wants to build a, a place where He can abide with us. And He's doing that for us. You don't have to build anything. He's doing it. I Love that picture. Love that beautiful picture here. And he says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take possession of you and I'm going to build a tent. and I'm going to live with you there, right there in that moment. Paul says, that is why for the sake of Christ, I delight in my weaknesses. I'm not there. I am not delighting in this. I'm admitting it. I'm not. I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, because when I am weak, I didn't mean to fall over there. <laughs> when I am weak, He is strong. Don't let the circumstance, circumstances dictate or define what God can or cannot do. There was more than a there was a, so, a few times this week. And there was one time in particular I was thinking, musing, reflecting. If rather not, I should resign as pastor, because I didn't think I could do this without Chris. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't see. I, I was asking. I said, "God, how can I continue to invest and 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 pour into other people's lives if?" Half of me is gone. I'm admitting my weakness now, okay? So I, I, I really contemplated it. I wasn't, I don't want to use the word fit, but it's the only thing I can think of at this moment, fit to do this anymore. How can I how can I minister to these people where I, 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 I struggle to find the strength to just try to breathe every day? Christine suffered a lot her past few weeks. It was very hard for her to breathe, and it was hard to watch. And I find it hard to breathe in an emotional way. And so I, you know, I said, "God, this is just—you know, this 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 is not what they this is not what they need." I can't I can't do this. It's never a good thing to tell God what you can't do. Especially when you're preaching about I can't. <laughs> so, I'm not I'm not resigning obviously, but um as we as we navigate this as a family and uh as i personally try to navigate this at the same time serve you as, as one of your leaders. It's not going to look very neat and tidy at times. And there, there might be times where I'm in a raw moment that I say some things that threaten your theology. You know, I, the hurt or the despair or the frustration might come out and I might shock you. And it, I, I, it's unintentional and it's just, it's just the pain and the grief coming out so i I promise to stay at it until God says I'm not supposed to but I can't promise that it'll look, it'll look the same I'm not the same I'm just not and I never will be the same. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not saying that that, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's just the truth. That's the reality of the situation. I'm not the same. This is and is radically changing the person that I am. I trust my father that it will be, although a difficult transition, it will be a good one. Because I do believe God always answers out of His goodness. And I, Nothing that has happened has made me doubt that. Although I am, I am reeling on the inside. I do. In one of the last conversations that Christine had before we had our last conversation, we repeated those words to each other. But God is good. So, don't let the circumstances dictate or define what God can do or cannot do. And what does that mean? It means I don't allow my grief or my sorrow or the pain or my, my theology even get in the way of what God can or cannot do and because he didn't answer the prayers the way I wanted him to doesn't make him any less good although that is a very difficult thing to process but we have to I have to cancel all negative thoughts